the nectar of the words is the life for those who are scorched by the world. The words which have been uttered by the knowers of truth, which wipe out sins, the very hearing of which is beneficial, which are beautiful, pleasing to the ears, pleasing to the hearts, which are inexhaustible, those who recount them on the earth are the givers of plenty. Om Shanti, 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 peace, peace, peace be unto all. Tonight I shall talk to you about some monks in Banaras whom I interviewed in 1970, 1977, 82, 1986. Those Swamis are the disciples of Holy Mother, Swami Brahmananda, Swami Sivananda, great monks. <coughs> As I told you, I Prachin Shadudir Katha, stories of the old monks of the Ramakrishna Hajar. Nearly 82 monks, 700 pages. How these monks are trained by Sri Ramakrishna's disciples. I wanted to find out the history of this second generation. As I said, Ramakrishna is the origin, then his Jari disciples, first generation, their disciples, second generation, we are the third generation. So we, second generation, I collected their reminiscences. It has come out of 15, 16 volumes. Then second generation, I, I, it will be in two volumes. Whatever I know, very little. Very little I know. Whatever I know that I recorded. Banaras. Many old Swamis used to live in Banaras because they had some faith that if you read in Banaras, if you live in Banaras and die there, you will never you will not have to come back again. Lord Vishwanath will give you liberation. So I remember in 1970, I asked one Swami, Prabhananda, Maharaj. I said, Maharaj, do you believe that if a person dies in Banaras, will get liberation? He scolded me right and left. We old fellows, we are waiting here to die, and you young man, you have come to confuse us. <laughs> He scolded me, it was in 1970, February. Then I said, Maharaj, the scripture says, Gyanat Moksha, liberation comes from the knowledge of Brahman. That the scripture says, Vedanta says. 
and that knowledge comes when you are free from desires. So how shall we reconcile? Shami Shuddhanandaji says, if I had faith, I would go in Manaras and commit suicide. That's liberation. <coughs> then he said, look, Sri Ramakrishna's division, how Shiva liberates the souls. Mahamaya Jagadamba untie the knots of Maya, ignorance, and Shiva gives the Tarok Brahma Nam, the name, and the soul gets liberation. Then he says, Chaitananda, you are right, I am also right. Angela both cannot be right, Maharaj. Look, Lord Shiva at the last time gives liberation. It is in Kashi Khanjo. I think I forgot the name of that Purana, which is there. One nice thing in Banaras, all these retired monks, they have a retirement home. We have three retirement homes in India for the Ramakrishna monks. Belurmat, Banaras and Bangalore, Bangalore in Alsur. These are the three places, South Indian Swamis retired in Alsur, and you know, North India, West India, and East India, these monks, either they in Belurmat or in, in Banaras. So these old Swamis used to recount their days and the stories of the Jari disciples what they heard, what they learned, what the, how they are taught. They used to talk. And two persons, I knew them both, Swami Dhiresananda, whatever he would heard from them, he used to come and write in his diary. And before his death, he gave all 13 diaries to me. Last winter, I copied and copied and copied those diaries and made this manuscript like this by a long hand, page after page. And another person was Gurudas Gupta. He was a principal of a college, retired, bachelor all through his life, and he was a disciple of Swami Sharudananda. His diaries also are with me. When he died, one monk got it and gave to me. That also huge. So I was very fond collecting all those things. There was a Swami named Achalarananda, disciple of Swamiji. 
He was the vice president of the Ramakrishna Orja, died in 1947. Swami Bamudevananda wanted to write the life stories of the Jari disciples of Sri Ramakrishna in the 1940s. So he asked this Swami that we have not known all the Swamis, could you give us some information? So he gave some information about Swami Advaitananda and Swami Niranjanananda, about them we know very little. And those things I translated and put into God Lived With Them books about Swami Niranjanananda. He believed that Sri Ramakrishna is God Himself, Purna Brahma Narayan. And He Himself was a part of Rama. Well, Sri Ramakrishna was very happy if somebody says, I shall not marry. Sri Ramakrishna is the embodiment of consciousness. Those who approach him, he would give. If you approach him with all love and devotion, you, you will, your life will be fulfilled. He did not care too, far, too much about mantra and this worship. He was a very powerful person. He felt that Ramakrishna is my refuge. I'm invincible. He fully followed Swamiji's karma yoga and served human beings as God. He was extremely truthful. Somebody offered money for Banaras Shivasram and later on changed his mind, did not give that money. Then he said, I shall, can, I shall give you only 500 rupees. He said, no, I shall not touch your money. You do not keep your words. He always encouraged the young people in the path of renunciation. He reminded the young boys, this path is a walking on the sharp edge of a razor. It is a very difficult path. He asked them to beg food from door to door and depend only on God. He encouraged young boys to do physical exercise. If you are not physically strong, it is nayam atma balohinya Atman cannot be attained with weak people. Then the Swami wrote about Swami Advaitananda. He followed Sri Ramakrishna's words in Toto. If anybody would not follow Sri Ramakrishna, he would be very much upset. He had very, he was very neat and clean and meticulous and very routine-oriented person. He was older than Sri Ramakrishna. Sri Ramakrishna's one disciple was older than him. This is Niranjana? He was born in 18... 28, and Thakur was born in 1836. Yeah. One disciple is older than Thakur. <laughs> Even in old age, he used to practice exercise. He hated laziness and idleness. Idle, idleness. 
he was always himself will always engaged in work and asked others to be in, to engage to do something for the monastery he used to make vegetables fruits in the monastery you have seen in the early period in the monastic order so much poverty they used to make vegetables by themselves then shami bhasharananda 1900 to 1978 he was who we used to call him buddha maharaj he was from east bengal i met him first in 1961 in adwaita ashrama he became a trustee very simple person and his body complexion but as nobody he is here like his body complexion so fair extremely white and his teeth are even in his late 80s akbar beautiful teeth when you would laugh his all teeth will shine like silver <laughs> he was the head of the ramkrishna mission konkal during the second sarnath konkal singapore during the second world war what was going on japanese people attacked india they were attacking british and fighting with the americans both whole front they captured singapore malaysia hong kong all under the japanese so netaji subhash chandra bose was in calcutta he fled from calcutta to afghanistan afghanistan to italy italy to germany then hitler sent him to mediterranean through submarine with submarine and japanese people picked him up and he then went to tokyo from tokyo he went to singapore so that he would take azad in force because a lot of british army was captured by the japanese and this entire army he handed over to netaji subhashchandra bose now you go and attack india and remove the british from india so he was there so at that time this netaji subhashchandra bose and this swami became very close he wanted I want to have a rosary with 108 beads. So one of his bodyguards when he came to Ramkrishna mission they gave him 54 beads. Netaji said I wanted 108. We couldn't get it. But if you repeat twice it would be 108. <laughs> I knew Netaji's bodyguard in 19 I was when I joined he used to work in a Japanese farm in Calcutta. So he, Swami was the head from 1939 to 1945 in Singapore. When Netaji Subhashchandra Bose could not um, invade India, came up to Sing- Manipur, Assam. Almost he entered. British came to know that there is no food shortage, so they went back and changed. I remember I, in our I was born in 1936. In 1940 to 44. government came and closed off all, all of our food or paddy in the barn they, they all are locked so that the netaji will enter through the east bengal and so that he will not get any food his army will not get any food you see in army supply line is very very important 
food and arms and ammunition. Otherwise you cannot fight. So, Swami was in jail when the British again recaptured and he wrote an article, Shonane Swamiji. I read that article and I was so inspired. I, 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 it was published in a magazine, so I Xeroxed it and put it there. It is a, it is a history and very, very fascinating story. Rajbihari Bose told the audience, Here is your beloved leader Subhash Babu. I hand him over to you. From today onward, he will be your supreme commander. I am too old now. Let me retire. He will lead you onto the path of freedom of India, our motherland. I hope you will follow him implicitly as you destined leader. Netherjee, do you know what did he say? If you give me blood, I shall give you freedom. He wanted the young generation of India come and fight. You know, great leader. <laughs> so he came, Rajbihari Bose told the Swami, Sir, forget religion. First let us make our country free, then we shall think about God and other things. But Netaji did not tell that thing to him. He invited the Swami. He had a security guard, Japanese, protected his body. And he went there and said, we, are, we shall help you. We shall serve people from our standpoint. We cannot fight. We are monks. <laughs> then Netaji asked, could you give me a book on Chonji? So Swami gave him a chonji. Netaji gave fifty thousand dollars for our ashrama, and another fifty thousand he raised to look after the children, orphans in Singapore. Anyhow, I I Xeroxed his article and put there. It will be thrill. I told you in brief words, but it is a thrilling history during the Netaji in 1945. Now I recorded the Swami on tape, cassette tapes. 3rd October 1977, Ambikadam Banaras. Swami Bhasharananda said, He was an attendant of Swami Bhigyanananda, another Jari disciple of Sri Ramakrishna. Bhigyananda said to him, You know, be careful about Raja Maharaj, means Brahmananda. He sometimes makes jokes and funs and all the frivolities, but if you say something not proper, he will be very grave. It would be hard for me to, to bear that kind of treatment from Maharaj. He is the embodiment of love. Maharaj Swami Brahmananda used to tell us, first build your life, monastic life. Forget your self-interest and comfort. And never chase the rich people for money. Maintain your renunciation and purity. We must serve poor people. Of course, rich people will support our cause. 
We used to go and bow down Swami Shivananda every morning. He used to ask us, how is spiritual disciplines, how is your sadhana going on? You know, our samaskaras are stopping us to realize God. We'll have to go practice more and more. Then Swami chanted a hymn on Shiva composed by Swamiji. When Swamiji, Swamiji died in 1902, but his temple came in 1924, we did not have money to build the Swamiji's temple in Belurmat. So whatever little money would come, with that money, the construction would continue. And Swami Bhigyananda was the was an engineer, was an engineer, and he would look after the construction of Swamiji's temple. He was a secret Nora Brahman. People could not recognize him as a Nora Brahman. <laughs> I used to serve him. I used to carry food for him. One day I was giving breakfast to him. Swami Brahmananda said, what are you giving to him? Don't you see? He loves to eat. Go to my room. You will find some good sweets and fruits are there. Give to him. <laughs> Swami Abhidananda came to India after 25 years in America. One of the Jari five Jari disciples came to America. Vivekananda, Sarodananda, Abhidananda, Turiyananda, Trigunatitananda. Five Jari disciples came to America. So, he returned to India and how he adjusted in Balloon Mart, you know, living in America for 25 years, a great adjustment for him. One day we are all seated in front of the temple, in front of Maharaj, and we are talking. Shami Shuddhananda came and said, Maharaj, some monks do not like to go to Brengun. We want to transfer them for work there. Then Maharaj said, why? Then Maharaj gave a talk. Work is worship. Wherever you are sent, you must go. Everywhere, wherever you go, you will work for Sri Ramakrishna. But listen, you must practice spiritual disciplines, otherwise that feeling will not come that it is worship. Maharaj said, it is three stages, work and worship, work as worship, work is worship. In the beginning, work and worship go side by side. Then work as worship, and finally work becomes worship. That he said. And he said, do you know what, if you really want to work, if you 25, 75% mind if you be in God, with 25% mind if you give for work, that is plenty. That is plenty. If you want to really work, you must be egoless. Otherwise, nishkam karma, unselfish action will not come. Some people work for name and fame, power, position. No, that is not karma yoga. If you do not get praise, if you fail, 
you will lament, you will be upset. That is not karma yoga. Even manjajnas, samattam yoga uchyate, even manjajnas is called yoga. Yoga, karma, shukaushalam, these are the words of Gita. Skill in action is called yoga. But the monks generally sit one hour in the morning and evening. Monas said, that is not enough. As Swami Shivananda used to sit in the <coughs> evening under the mango trees and check whether all monks go to the shrine or not <coughs> for the Vesper. Strange. He must be trained. Well, I asked Maharaj, Maharaj, will you initiate me? He gave me Gayatri Mantra and asked me to repeat for a year. Then he said, all right, when I shall be back, when I shall be back from Bhubaneswar, I shall initiate you. Then after initiation, I asked him, Maharaj, what kind of spiritual instruction you got from Swami Brahmananda? Maharaj told me two things. Shatto Brahma Charcha. Speak the truth and practice purity. Celibacy. These two are enough for you. You will not have to practice too many disciplines. Of course, it is for the monks. Then he says, one, one young man came, his name was Petapuri. Maharaj initiated him. But he overdid. He used to leave the ashram and do a severe austerities. Then became out of mind. You see, some people think I shall practice japa and meditation 15 hours, 20 hours a day. You will be crazy. Your body, mind will not be able to hold it. Some people think that way. Oh, I shall go and do shadhana all the time in the cave. Pagol hoye jabe. I remember the person came to me, Swami, I am retired, now I can practice any time I like. And really, let me tell you one thing, eight hours. One hour magic morning, one hour magician and one hour study. Noon, one hour magician, one hour study. Afternoon, evening, one hour magician, one hour study. And night, one hour magician, one hour study. Eight hours, you focus your mind in spiritual life and eight hours sleep and eight hours to other things. I divide his work. Then he says, Swami, eight hours, then I may end up into lunatic asylum. <laughs> eight hours? You cannot lift 600 pounds, the weightlifters, on the first day. Every day, slowly, slowly, every week, they increase the weight. That is the way the weightlifters do. A fast day, 500 pounds, you will die. <laughs> Same thing in spiritual life. Slowly, 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 you increase. Let your body and mind absorb, absorb, absorb. That he was telling. You know, these people, <laughs> they used to say, Amai Dema Pagbal Kure, there is a song. Well, now I am crazy and now they want to throw me out from the monastery. <laughs> but do, do not do, overdo, don't overdo in the spiritual life. See how your system is absorbing.
Only one day I was invited for a Jebu in a Jebuji's house, and that day I did not light the candle in Swami Bibikanda's room in Belurmat. Swami Shivananda saw it, and he said, "Who was who is the in charge of this room?" The, that Swami Pasharananda. Bas, when he came, he "You are a newcomer. This is your last warning. If you do not do right, I shall send you home." Well, I saw Swami Turiyananda. I did not see Turiyananda. I saw Swami Sarudananda when he would come to Belurma to attend this trustee meeting. He would meditate before meeting, after meeting. Well, I worked in the office. I worked as a Cleaner, money brooming and cleaning the monastery. I work in dispensary. I served the disciples of Ramakrishna, and the love I received from them, I cannot express. You see, they lived in a different world. I sometimes say everything is not in the book. You must associate some of really holy people. Their conversation, their lives, their things, they will unperceptibly will enter inside you. That is the reason we need Shadu Shango, holy company. You like it or don't like it, you go near the ocean, the gentle breeze of the ocean will soothe your system. You like it or don't like, go to a perfume shop, in the, which is called in Macy, you will find some girls will spray perfume on your hand and you will smell. That area is full of fragrance. You like it or don't like it, they will penetrate into your nose. You cannot help it. Similarly, holy company, you like it or don't like it, they will penetrate inside you. That is the beauty of the holy company. Next is Shami Apur Bananda, 1900 to 1990. I remember first I went there in 1959 and met the Swami, who was the in charge of Ramakrishna Advaita Ashram Banaras. I was very much inspired of his book, Shivananda Bani, For Seekers of God. Oh, that book really inspired me. It is conversation with Swami Shivananda. When I read that, I was, at the, I was in college, in 53, 54, 54, 55. I was thinking, if I be a monk, I shall be able to talk go to God in morning and evening. That was my feeling when I read that book. Beautiful book for seekers of God. So he was the compiler of that book because he was the attendant of Swami Sivananda. Then he collected Swami Sivananda's reminiscences nearly 80 and collected Swami Sivananda's letters. He, wrote, he did a lot of writing works and Vigyananda's also. I remember whenever I went to Venerable, 1977, 
I always went to Benares to meet these old Swamis, to be with them, to record them, to interview them. So last he died in 1990, I saw him lying down in the hospital, closing eyes. He was a disciple of Holy Mother. So I asked him, 28th August 1982, Benares Advaita Ashram, Maharaj, could you tell me, I just, just at that time I started to give initiation. I wanted to know how Holy Mother, Swami Sivananda, how did they initiate? You see, these things come from Guru Parampara, from Guru to disciple, Guru to disciple. So he told me, Sri Ramakrishna gave four Siddha mantras to Holy Mother. Those mantras are coming traditionally to the Ramakrishna order. Shami Birajananda got those mantras from the mother and wrote down. Holy Mother, during initiation, he, she could give the vision of the chosen deity. He, she never claimed that she was the Guru. Ramakrishna was the Guru. Mother's initiation had no formality. One day, Mahapurushman was holding on my, holding on, putting his hand on my shoulder, came out from his room. He told, Edeho Mukto, this body is free. Those who will see me will be liberated. Not only that, he said, pointing to the mango tree in the courtyard, if I tell this mango tree be liberated, this mango tree will be liberated. You know, when we hear these things from the Jari disciples, they have tremendous spiritual power, unthinkable. With that God lived with them, read that book. I just put the highlights there. He's, he was born in East Bengal, Noakhali district. In 1918, he came to Belurmach. In 1919, he went to do the relief work in Bakura, and there he got initiation from Holy Mother. He told me all his reminiscences, I recorded it, it is in my record, but he wrote it in a very beautiful way, which has been published in Shaturupe Sharuda and Sri Sri Mayar Padaprante. So I did not repeat that thing in my record here. He told me that when 1912, when Holy Mother went to Banaras, Mother could not walk such a big hospital world. So he was, Shai Brahman, they arranged a palanquin. You know palanquin, you sit inside in the box and two, four, four persons will carry. And Swami Achalananda, about whom I told you in the very beginning, he was the guide. He was explaining, Mother, this bed, the hospital, this bed, that bed, that bed. He was explaining. When her whole tour was over in the hospital, she made a remark. I saw master there, and these monks are doing master's work. It is a puja. In the hospital, only worship is going on, worshiping the sick people. Then he, she came. Do you know what did she do? She gave a 10 rupee note. 
to hospital. They never spend that money. That 10 rupee note, British government note, that note is that picture I put it in that book, in Holy Mother's book. Mother gave it that note, it is there. I told them they preserved it. I can hey, send a picture. I also took pictures, it did not come out right. But this picture they sent me last year, it came out very good. And they keep it in the accounting office. Huh? They yeah. keep it not in Puja place, they keep it in the accountant's desk. Yeah. They should. Yeah. Unlock the bottom drawer. <laughs> Amazing. He told me a couple of reminiscences, I really liked it. Shami Adbhutananda also came to Banaras in 1912. Holy Mother was there. But he could not just stay in the monastery. A direct disciple of Sri Ramakrishna, a Nuara Brahman, but he cannot just stay in the monastery. Why? His life is very unpredictable. After getting a scolding from Sri Ramakrishna, he never slept at night. Nobody knows when he will ask food. Nobody knows when his meditation will break. Amazing person. Completely illiterate shepherd boy. Zero education. Sri Ramakrishna made him a Nwara Brahman. Judges, very distinguished people would come to him to know about God. That book I wrote, How a Shepherd Boy Became a Saint. I wrote that book. Please read that book. It is a beautiful book. So Kogam Maharaj was telling, hey, I don't care for your mother. It is Sri Ramakrishna who introduced him to Holy Mother. One day Latu Maharaj was meditating in Panchavati, Sri Ramakrishna said, Hey Leto, the person on whom you are meditating, <laughs> she is sweating to make the chapati, making dough. <laughs> you go. So he took the Latu Maharaj and introduced Holy Mother. This boy is very pure. She will do all of your errands. She will make dough for you. She will clean your utensils. She will do shopping for you. She now, he, that Latu Maharaj, sorry, I used to say she. So, Sri Ramakrishna told Holy Mother. Anyhow, so Latu was the first person. You see, Sri Ramakrishna, only two, three disciples are introduced to Holy Mother, not everybody. Latu Maharaj and Advaitananda. They have free access. None else. No disciples. So, anyhow, So Latu Maharaj one day, I do not care. So his followers, he has some attendants. He was so devoted to the mother and now he says, I don't care for your mother. So one day he said, today I shall go to Banaras, to Vishwanath, Lord Shiva, to worship, arrange flowers and fruits. So they carried. The moment he came on the street and said, now I want to go to see Holy Mother. A straight came to Holy Mother's cottage, upstairs, 
and his body was shivering and tears came from his eyes and he was calling mother, mother and fell at, his, at her feet. Then mother was rubbing his head and then gave him prasad. That is a, it is a scene to see the person, the eyewitness's account. I translated it in that book. In the second edition it has come out, not first edition. Then Apurbananda Swami told me this story. Could you give me that book? Then I will not have to translate, I shall go straight English. Holy Mother visited Advaita Samanarasi many times. Whenever she arrived, she always went to the shrine to bow down to the Master and then she sat for a while. Swami Apurbananda, the Swami about whom I am talking about, his reminiscences, left this account which he heard from Sivananda, Shantananda and others. Two or three days before leaving for Calcutta, Holy Mother came to Advaita Ashram at 10 o'clock in the morning. Swami Shantananda accompanied her. She went alone straight inside the shrine and closed the door. Later it was known that she carried a small picture of her own under her cloth along with some flowers and bell leaves. She bowed down to the master, placed her picture in the empty niche of the eastern wall of the shrine and worshipped it with those flowers and bell leaves. After a while she came out and called Chandra, Swami Nirbharananda, the abbot of Advaita Ashrama and said, my son Chandra, please offer a couple of flowers to this picture every day. The Swami bowed down to the mother and accepted her command joyfully. Meanwhile, the monks of the both ashramas got the news that the mother had come to Advaita Ashrama and they all came and bowed down to her. She blessed them and then returned to her residence. When the mother left, Nirbharananda went to the niche in the shrine and found that the mother had worshipped her own picture. He immediately reported this to Shivananda, who also went to the shrine and saw the mother's picture in the niche. He bowed down to the master and then the mother. He then went to the Shevashrama, Shevashrama means hospital, and described the incident to Swami Brahmananda. The Swami became grave and said sadly, Tarukda means Shivananda. This is not a good sign. It seems that the mother is planning to leave the world. Shivananda then told Turiananda, who remarked with, heavy, with a heavy heart, the wish of the Mahamaya will be fulfilled. This story, Swami Apurbananda told me, I wrote in Bengali, then I translated it into English. As I told Swami Apurbananda, wrote several books and he died in 1990. Then Swami Swaprakashananda, I was very fond of this Swami, Tapushi Shuren Maharaj. Whole life Tapasya. In Uttarkashi, in Hardwar,
I interviewed him in 1977. His face was beaming with joy all the time. <coughs> you know, if, if there is joy inside, it manifests in, on the face. If gloomy darkness, desire, doubt, that come on the face. Not well, but face was full of joy. I met him on what chain in 1977, 2nd October. He was a disciple of Swami Brahmananda. Most of the time in his life he practiced austerity and studying the scriptures. I asked a few questions. Maharaj, could you tell me how Swami Brahmananda advised to practice spiritual discipline? Answer. Maharaj used to ask, continue japam. You will attain perfection through japam. And what kind of japam? Manas or upangshu? Manas means mental japam, or upangshu means only your lips will move. In the beginning, manas japam is, mental japam is not easy. Moving lips, that is better. I said, how can you get taste in Japam? I, these are my questions. Through practice. Do you know you will get the taste the moment you have love for your chosen Gigi, Isto. But you like it or don't like it, don't give, you, give up your Japam and meditation. How, how do you repeat your Japam mentally? Do you remember, have recollected just of the direct disciples? Of course, most of the time I think of them. You associated with Swami, Swami Turiyananda, could you tell me some stories? I saw him absorbed in samadhi and meditation. He used to tell me, if you do not practice Japam and meditation in early age, it would be difficult for you to practice in old age. I shall tell you a story. One day I was going to Brahmakund in Hardwar. There, when they side, they are frying, making jilipi. You know, that batter, they fry it in the ghee and then soak into syrup, jilipi, Sri Ramakrishna's favorite dessert. Seeing the Jilipi, Shami Turiyananda cried out, Hey, Shuren! Jilipi is our goal. Ghee bheje, chini rase phalo. Fry in ghee and soak into syrup. Fry yourself with the knowledge. That is... And then soak into syrup in devotion. That is our goal. That means, Gyanamishra Bhukti. That Sri Ramakrishna suggested. Only Bhukti one-sided. Only knowledge, one-sided. Have both. Then you will really enjoy your spiritual life. That Turiyananda told me. I have a letter. Swami Shaprakashananda wrote to Swami Pavitrananda who was in New York, died in 1977. Please tell me, how did Swami Brahmananda initiate? That later, I put it here, I later I translated it into English also. I think it is in Swami Brahmananda's, in 
and God lived with them in Brahmananda's book, I translated it. You see, Sri Ramakrishna's disciples are not ordinary people. They are nitya mukta, ever free soul. Ishwar Kuti, they are akin to Godhead. These people's instructions are very, very important to us. How they initiated, how they instructed in a spiritual life, those things will be lost. That I tried at most to preserve. It will be lost forever. I love history. So he wrote in details how Brahmananda initiated. Maharaj told me, repeat mantra regularly. Don't miss a single day. Try to bring a rosary from Banaras with 108. Every Monday you must go to the Shiva temple and worship Lord Shiva. That day you eat only the Havishana, vegetarian food. And at night only Hobishanna, do you know what Hobishanna? Hobishanna, sometimes we, um, our part of the country, Hobishanna means boiled rice and boiled vegetable with a little salt, nothing else. And you can put a little ghee or butter. That is called Hobishanna. At night time, a little fruits and a little milk, nothing else. That you do every Monday, that he told. When you repeat the mantra, try to think that your chosen deity in the heart and is a luminous form of the chosen deity. Put the chosen deity in the heart and see that as if you are seeing him face to face. Banaras, 2nd October 1977, 4.30 p.m. I record it, Swami's reminiscences. Swami Brahmananda was a very great person and man of only few words. He was absorbed in most of the time in God consciousness. But sometimes, like a boy, he used to laugh and joke and make all kinds of frivolities. And everybody would laugh. I joined in Concord in 1913. And I decided that I shall not take initiation from, from ordinary people. Maharaj initiated only very few. So I, one day I prayed to him, Maharaj, will you initiate me? All right, wait, wait. He initiated me after five years. He would harass and harass and harass. Then he would tell his secretary, does not look good. I harass too much. <laughs> he himself would tell But do you know what? I'm just testing. I'm just testing this person is a genuine candidate or not.
In Madras, Swami, in 1921, Swami Brahmananda initiated me, Prabhavananda and Asokananda into Sannyas. It is Swami Turiyananda who changed my life in Concord. He used to explain Viviko Churamani, Christ's jewel of discrimination to me with such renunciation and fiery renunciation that we are all inspired. Then he told us, only listening will not do. You boys, practice and experience yourself. Swami Prigyananda listened to that class and he went to his room and started meditation. Hori Maharaj, when he was given a class, he used to bring the inner meaning of the scriptures. From 1913 to 1918, I stayed with him. Whatever spiritual progress I made, it is by his grace. I wrote my reminiscences of Swami Turiyananda and Brahmananda, but I lost it. I saw with mother in Udbodhan, but I had no conversation with him. Swami Sharadananda told us, the way you see the Holy Mother, if she is not like this, she is not an ordinary woman. Her real form is under that veil. Mother is doing all kinds of activities just to demonstrate, just to teach us. He does not do anything for herself. She raised her niece, Radhu, and that Radhu ill-treated mother so much. Finally, mother cut her own maya, Radhu, and told her, don't come near me anymore. I mixed, I got the association with Swami Shivananda also in Belunmat. I used to work in the temple, temple store where they keep the fruits and other stuff, you know. When the worship was over, I used to bring that prasad, sweets and vegetables and fruits and carry to the president, Swami Shivananda. One day I was carrying the switch to his room and I overheard Swami Shivananda told Raja, Mani Brahmananda, Thakur ke akhana dekhte pai. I see Sri Ramakrishna every day. I am talking about 1922-23. Sri Ramakrishna passed away in 1886. I, I see, if I would not see Thakur, I would not leave. Even after this, the early disciples said, Swami Brahmananda used to say, I, without hearing, without his guidance, I do not move. Swami Prabhupada told me, Swami will check the almanac and, and make a date that whether you will go somewhere or not. But he did not go that day. Then Swami Maharaj, you check the almanac and you decide that you do not go. Well, until Sri Ramakrishna asked me to go, I cannot go. I was, I was, I was to give, this is the 150th anniversary of Swami Abhidhananda. I have to lecture in Calcutta on, 50, on 25th September. See, he, I think, crossed the Atlantic, I think, 18 times. 25 years he was in America. Europe and America, I think, 18 times he crossed the Atlantic. 
so it was 1915 during the first world war german people are destroying the british ships through torpedo through submarine so what happened swami came to to the harbor to take the boat for america i went to the office and but to buy the ticket he heard a voice don't go he looked around no, nobody is there then again he was thinking but as it is something mental again he tried to buy the ticket don't go so he did not go there it was the lusitania that is the name of the boat that boat was coming through the to from from england to america new york passed it just toward page and whole boat was sunk into the atlantic ocean how sri ramakrishna protected his disciple amazing one evening <laughs> i went to bow down to mahaprabhu pandaji and say did you go to shamiji's room shamiji's room is the south side and his room is the north side no i first came to bow down to him then i shall go to no you must bow down to shamiji first then come to my to me shamiji's lord shiva himself well i shall never forget that words of mahaprabhu One day I went to take bath in the Brahmakund in Hardwar. I remember I also bathed in 1959. Oof! Five months I had chest pain. <laughs> It is iced water, cold. Generally, what do they do? Sometimes they rub the body with oil, and then dip and then come out. So I was thinking I am a Calcutta boy, you see. <laughs> So I and it is so current. You will have to hold the chain when you bathe. You just dip it and then come. So I did over did you know chest pain. Then I had I was I was afraid that perhaps they will not accept me as a monk. They will send me home. In Ramakrishna Orja, they will take me X-ray, thorough check. We do not want sick people. Shh. You have to go to the magic magical team. <laughs> so I thought that I have a chest pain. Perhaps I have tuberculosis. Lord knows. So I was. Then I asked a doctor. He told me. And then I was, you know, I was taking bath in the cold water. The more I take cold water, the more pain goes on. Now I even in India in summer time even I use hot water to for my bath. So, so I was really afraid. Then the doctor gave me some belladonna patch, you know, that plaster here and the back, and gave me some medicine. Then I felt all right. So my X-ray and my vaginal test was passed. I was so happy. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I was scared. I thought I will be rejected. They will not take sick people. I was really scared. <laughs> but he was saying in Burma, when he said, "But Shomitudiyanu asked, 
Why did you go to You could take bath in other places also. No, I went to Brahmakam because it is a very holy place. Achha, did you get the holy feeling when you took bath there? No, but I bowed down to the Mother Ganges and asked purity from her. And I recited some hymns on, on Shiva. Look, when you bathe in the Brahmakund, you think about the Atman. You, that you are bathing for purification of the heart and the Atman manifests in the pure heart. You, when you bow down to all gods and goddesses, your goal is to have the self-knowledge, knowledge of the self, Atman. But you must maintain your devotion. People go for pilgrimage to maintain that holy atmosphere, holy memory. But the way Swami Turiyananda told me, it gave a deep impression in my heart. So whenever I go and bathe in the Brahmakund, I always think about Swami Turiyananda. Sometimes we were, both of us would go for a walk and he would stay up and I used to go down and bring some Ganges water and he would sprinkle on his head and we say, only Gangecha Jamuni Jai Saraswati, only repeating the mantra will not do. You will have to pray for purity to the mother Ganges. Purity of the heart is extremely important for God's realization. The mystery of spiritual practices is in, practice, is in daily practice. In the morning, after bath, in the evening and at night, try to meditate four times a day. Then your inner world will open and you will get bliss. I associated with the Jari disciples of Sri Ramakrishna and I listened to their advice. But let me tell you, the whole secret is in practice, practice, practice. Swami Prabhupada told me, he went to Brahmananda and asked, Maharaj, tell me, what shall I do? Brahmananda said, struggle, struggle, struggle. That is my advice to you. The more you will get struggle, the more you will get strength. The more you will go deeper and deeper. Then he quoted a, you know, spiritual life, Shravan Mano Nididhyasana. First you listen from your Guru, then you reflect and then you meditate. This is the way you can attain illumination according to Vedanta. Nittam karma paritajya Vedanta Shravanam Bina Vartamanastu Sannasi Patrattiva Nasaranshayam Nitya karma giving up your meditation and your spiritual discipline and without listening to Vedanta, a monk's life will fall. A monk will not be able to make it. Then he says, you know, during my initiation I got my Ishta mantra from my Guru, Brahmananda. And at the time of Shannas, I have another mantra, Presh mantra. 
That mantra is very non-dualistic. My Ishta mantra is dualistic. My Shonas mantra is non-dualistic. Conflict. <laughs> then he said, do you know what? Swamiji said, Swamiji solved that problem. Madam, when your health is good, say I am Brahman. And when you have a stomach ache, say, Oh Mother, have mercy on me. <laughs> See both ways. When you feel good, I am Brahman, I am Brahman, I am Brahman. When you don't feel good, good, Ishta Mantra. I asked this question to Shami Turiyananda. Then he said, Dako, it is depends upon mind and mood. Some days I have tremendous mood. When I read the Upanishad and the Bibi Shilam, this name of <laughs> I had a terrible problem. I have five years I have suffering. Conflict. My scripture says. Atman. That is my true nature. Name and form, Maya. Sat, Chit, Ananda. That is Brahman. Name and form are Maya. So Ramakrishna has a name, Ramakrishna has a form, Ramakrishna is Maya. So why should I meditate on Ramakrishna? That is my problem. I shall meditate on Brahman, Atman. Five years I have this problem. Asked many swamis. Oh, both are same. I read and read and read. Upanishad, Gita, read. Gospel, divine play, bread. Thus, I got my solution in Swami Okonjananda's reminiscences. Sri Ramakrishna's utterance, that solved my problem. Jejar ishto, shaitar atma, ishto darshan, atma darshan, ak. Jejar ishto, ishto man, your chosen deity and your atman are the same. Vision of the atman and vision of the chaitan, ishto are the same. Afterwards, I had no doubt, no doubt. My doubt went left forever. I want Ramakrishna's words. That I translated in that book, Ramakrishna as I saw him. There you will find Swami Akhanjananda's reminiscences. If you read, then I translated it as it is what Ramakrishna said. You know, if you do not live with these monks, if you do not know these things, many secret things are in Ram in his spiritual life that people will learn from this book and from the other books I worked. Ramakrishna, as I saw him, how to live with God in the company of Ramakrishna. Many tidbits of spiritual life are there. If you want to penetrate inside, those books will help you.
the Ishta Mantra which we have received from our Guru for the progress of our spiritual progress to realize the Ishta. Swami Turiyananda says, but you could not reach the highest. But then when you take the Shannash and what is called your Shannash Mantra, that will give you tremendous discrimination and renunciation. And when you practice it, then slowly you will, the truth will reveal to you. And then you will see that Dvaita and Advaita, there is not. It is different stages. Thakush, how much you solve this problem? You take the photograph. Open rising sun, midday sun, evening sun. All photographs are different. But you are taking the picture of the same sun. So same truth, the dualist sees one way, qualified non-dualist sees one way, and non-dualist sees the other way. But same sun, that is the way. It is a gradation. Advaita is the utmost, in the final. Shankara says, try to practice non-dualism, but don't mix up with dualism, with, with action. You say, oh Guru, you and myself both are the same, then you are stupid. <laughs> don't, don't apply non-dualism with your Guru. <laughs> Shankara cautioned. Well, Maharaj generally used to, ordinary people, they cannot. MA course, and it is a school course. If you give the, <laughs> if you tell the MA course to the school boy, he cannot take it. It is dependent upon the gradation and evolution of this, his soul. Then I asked him, Maharaj, could you tell me, how can we get taste in a spiritual life? Taste is the most important thing. Then he said, that depends upon realization. And realization comes from yearning, longing, and through devotion. And we need discrimination and renunciation. Look, the scripture says, repetition of practice and non-attachment will help you to stop the thought waves of the mind. Ishche nam rup dhore Take the name of the Ishto, that mantra which Guru gave you, and practice. Slowly, slowly you will get the taste. When you get the taste, your heart will be full of joy. Whether you like it or not like it, don't like it, practice every day. Bas up to this tonight.